Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Transformation Goal, the podcast. I'm your hostess and your coach, Nicole DeVincentis, a.k.a. Figgitchick911, coming to you actually on a Black Friday. Happy belated Thanksgiving to everybody. We're talking this morning about navigating your way through challenges without having your life force sucked out of you. How's that? All right, so this is like maintaining, like optimizing your energy levels and keeping them full and stocked so that you can power through any obstacle that you face. How's that? And this is probably very timely because, well, today is Black Friday. So if you're out driving on the roads, you know what it's like to be out with those crazy early morning shoppers. If you had a rough go yesterday at Thanksgiving or this is the middle of the of the holiday season, whatever that looks like for you, your family dynamics, things get kind of, you know, wonky at work sometimes, then it's a pretty high stress time. And so I thought we could just drop a few pearls down here. Nothing, you know, too deep, nothing too, you know, overly dramatic on how to empower you with those tactics and strategies to champion your goal of well, having full stocked energy <laughs> and what we call like not having your life force sucked out of you. How does that sound? Good? All right. So let's break this down. I want you to think about those places where you know, let's say chronically, chronically meaning this happens repetitively and frequently. You go to a certain place or you hang around certain people and all of a sudden it just feels like like you have no more energy left inside of your body if you've have you felt that before you just like you walk away and you're just like oh my god i'm in a shit mood i literally feel listless i feel just like my body is so heavy or you walk out of there or you leave the the place or the conversation or whatever and you feel like your head just got shook up in a martini shaker and you walk away and you're like, oh my God. But then usually what happens following those situations is then you have like this emotional tailspin and you're like, well, why is that? And then so the person, and then what you, you end up jumping into that. And so not only do you get that first insult of the martini shaker head when you're talking to the person or you're listening to a certain conversation or you're, you know, at a certain place, but then your brain ends up in there too. So then even after you leave, it's not like you have peace, like things just keep on going and going and going. And I've been in those situations, but I can tell you now as a coach, how much more clarity I have seeing other people who step into it. And I don't have to be the one to tell you, it seriously does not serve you well. The question is, how long do you want to stay on that? I call it the crazy train. How long do you want to stay on that path of progression? Especially for you, the people who are on this podcast, I know that you're very goal-oriented individuals. And when you take those, let's call them energetic hits, it can set you back a period of time where not only do you not make any forward progress, you're actually taking back steps and you're burning an excessive amount of energy, even just to try to maintain your current position. So let's power through this, and that's exactly what we're going to do, to leverage things in the human body that are going to bolster you up, and then some of those 
mental or, or psychological tactics, you know, coaching strategies that we have. It's, it's actually champion mindset uh, coaching, excuse me, champion mindset coaching in a different way. Okay, so let's let's bring this all together. Now, here's what you need to know. And we say this all the time. Number one, are you ready? Okay, well, let's, you know what, let's clear first. Wherever you are, sit up taller. If you're standing, stand up taller. Shoulder blades down and back. Draw in your abdominals, okay? We're totally doing good posture right now, okay? Lengthen your spine. Take a nice breath in. And exhale. Again, nice breath in. And out. If you have room, push your arms all the way up when you inhale. Inhale up. Circle the arms down and around as you exhale. Out. Okay. Right there is strategy number one. Tactic number one. Exercise number one. Step number one. Okay? It's an easy, simple step that you can use to clear some of that craziness but also to prime your system for rejuvenating and refreshing your energy field, okay? And that's simply the power of your breath. But what I like to do is I like to maximize how much breath you can actually take in. So by making that simple adjustment with your posture, it puts you into more of a state of command and then it allows more room for your lungs and your rib cage to actually expand. So you can suck in more oxygen and you can you know, blow off more carbon dioxide and, and nastiness. I always imagine myself exhaling you know, toxins and negative feelings and just like, bye. <laughs> like, you gotta get rid of them. That's what I picture inside of my head. Okay, especially when I'm in a place where I need to be in my power Every bit of visualization that I use is strong. When I need to transition and become a little bit softer, or if I'm, I was, I'm thinking like when I was working as a nurse, like just how depleted I was and how much more care I needed, God, to my whole entire being, <laughs> that I would imagine things which were softer. I would imagine when I exhaled, some of, you know, negative things would, you know, drift off into the clouds. And But when I'm looking to put myself in a position of power, I maintain that whole entire, not, not unapproachable, not iron. I use examples and, and visualizations of power. Okay, so strength. So position, how you stand is number one. Anybody who, if you look at two different people, if you look at somebody who's standing, you know, just kind of like slouchy versus somebody who has really great posture, just straight off the bat, who appears more confident? It's the person who's standing with more erect and better posture. Okay, so I, I know your brain is starting to tilt off into different directions and just from that one thing alone, coupled with the breath, is gonna put your physiology into a peak state. And then once you have that breath and you're taking in you know, more dynamic breaths, it increases some of the feel-good hormones in your body and, and it gets things pumping and, and gets you ready for your day or wherever this place is that you're about to go in, in or a conversation that you're about to have. 
Does that make sense? All right, cool. You can totally do that. Now that we are physiologically commanding ourselves from a position of peace and power, the next thing for you to assume, okay, not draw an assumption, but assume is in place yourself. You are to assume full responsibility for whether or not you choose to put yourself in the driver's seat of a situation, of a conversation, and this is not dominating and taking over a conversation that belittles people. That's not what I'm talking about. Know that when you're speaking with me, the backbone of everything is good. Okay, so it's it's living how God tells us to live, that you're rooted in truth. But when you go out into the world, not everybody knows the difference. Not everybody has high developed emotional intelligence. Not everybody is able to command their own emotionality. And so oftentimes you're going to have to manage that end of the conversation, manage their energy field, but it can be emotionally and energetically exhausting for you. So what I'm doing is I'm training you how to put yourself in that position of power so that when you enter that volatile environment, that life-sucking, life-vital-force-draining situation, and this could be on the personal or the professional side, is that you always maintain your energetic force, if you will. Your energy tank is always full. It's not being siphoned. It's not being, oh my God, like you're not caught up in your feels, like none of that happens. You're able to very cleanly, and again, not mean, not dictatorship, just very cleanly step your way through any particular situation without having that mental exhaustion that happens afterwards. Does that make sense? It's If you don't currently operate that way, it sounds good, right? <laughs> like If I could just do that, I get it. I'm showing you some of those strategies. Now, it's not going to happen overnight. This is something that you you will develop it's a skill if i can say it that way but you always for and again i'm pointing out situations which are what we call chronic you know that when you go talk to this particular guy you walk out of there and you feel like your head got shook in a martini shaker or you know when you go to work that you're going to be dealing you you have a rough clientele and or very needy clientele or very demanding clientele and you just walk out of there and you're like oh it's more than a physical exhaustion because you've been working hard work like your life work you know what i'm talking about right like your life force is sucked out of you or you end up in situations where you're just like mr roboto or mrs roboto where you're just like i i just this is ridiculous now and you just kind of like wall off that's going to allow you to survive situations, but when you make the decision on whether or not you're gonna to continue to go back there, which is a choice that you have, because you always have a choice, even though you may not like consequences of particular choices, part of owning your power and part of choosing whether or not you place yourself in the driver's seat is to accept 
the fact that you have the choice on whether or not you're going to go talk to that person, go to that place or not. Okay, so let me repeat that. You always have a choice. You may not like the consequences of a particular choice for, let's say, not going to that area, not going to that place, right? Work. You have a, you know, you still have a choice. You have a choice. If you don't go to work, yeah, you're not going to have a job for much longer. You're not going to get paid, but those are still choices. So what I'm assisting you to do is to pull yourself out of the shit just rolls, rolls down the hill standpoint and you're waiting for that to happen to you to put yourself on the top and say, you know what, I'm feeling like my energy force is, is being siphoned and just like drained out of me. But what's happening here is that you're walking into the situation from a victim standpoint. You're waiting for the other shoe to drop rather than positioning yourself as though, and again, I get it if you don't like your job, but you still have to walk into the job or to a situation as though I am electively walking myself in here. I can flee, I can hide, I can ignore, I can go get a new job. I have control over all these extraneous variables. I, I still, even though I don't wanna be here, I still chose to be here today. So when you own that, and you realize that you you chose it and you followed through with it. You have to immediately divorce yourself from a place of resentment as though, wow, if I don't go here, she's gonna say blah, blah. That's not what it is at all. You have a full choice. And I'm telling you, the quicker you can step into that position, the more strength of your energy field, of your energy tank, of your mood, of every other action that you take for the rest of your day, the more strength you're going to have because you're owning it from the beginning rather than I'm showing up here and now all of a sudden this person came along and they did this to me. You're putting yourself into the passenger seat, into the back seat, rear facing passenger seat of a wood paneled station wagon. How about that? <laughs> Instead of, <laughs> you know, it's so funny when I make examples, I think like, all right, well, if you're not in the driver's seat, then maybe you're in the back seat. But what if you're in an Uber? You're telling the driver where to go. So that's not a good example. So I have to give you like the most ridiculous example. <laughs> and so I was just trying to think, okay, well, back seat is not good enough. What's farther than the back seat? Well, the back back seat, well, kids have power back there. So what's going to be worse? Okay, how about rear facing wood paneled station wagon? <laughs> you have no power back there. Okay. <laughs> That's where you're sitting when you choose to take yourself. You can't laugh, I'm telling you. That's where you choose to put yourself if you decide that you are not going to be placing yourself in the driver's seat. Does that make sense? Okay, so from the get, number one, okay, let's, let's, take, let's take it from the top. Number one, whenever you're going to an area or to see a person where you know the outcome, this has been a pattern, this is what we call a chronic problem, this happens all the time. Aunt Myrtle is a drunken lush and you, whatever happens at your family parties, 
okay? <laughs> you know, Uncle, Uncle George, you know, takes his shirt off and sits on the couch with his hands in his pants, you know, following turkey dinner. I don't know what it is for you, but okay. <laughs> I know it's ridiculous, right? All right. So, but whatever the situation is, is that before you enter, you've got to prepare yourself. You're allowed to do that. You're just walking in there with kind of like a free and an open heart and an open conscience is okay you know I'm here I'm in a really great mood but what you forget is that the other people don't prepare themselves to be the same they're just continuing to do what they've always done and they have no desire to change or to improve and they don't even know that they're creating a problem because at the end of the day, dysfunction doesn't even recognize itself. And you're like, well, how can that even possibly be? I'm telling you, this is like the definition of ignorance. Like you don't know what you don't know until you know it. But if the dysfunctional people, dysfunctional person, dysfunctional situation, the situation that never changes, if that's the culture, you can have the best strategy, but culture eats strategy for breakfast. That's a quote, that's a business quote. That's from Peter Drucker. Okay, so as you're changing and you're evolving, your personal culture is probably evolving and changing as well. What you have to acknowledge is the fact that other people's is not. And as you start to separate yourself and start to see some of the, the problems, if you would, and the levels of dysfunction, it's going to become so foreign to you that you go through this middle phase where you're like, how in the hell, what the hell is wrong with these people? Like, why is it like this? But they don't have that same personal development that you have had that now is part of your normal and you are markedly different from them, even though you may have all been hired at the same time, if we're talking about professional realm, okay? You all came from similar backgrounds. You all started a similar job at the same time. You were fortunate enough to latch on to a faster development pathway, or maybe you had stronger mentors in your life or something, and zoom, like you, you're changing like mad, but the other people who you were hired with did not. Or they chose not to step on that pathway, the superhighway with you. And they stayed exactly how they always have been. It's just simply that you never realized it because you were in there. And now that you're out of it, now that you're away from it, you're like, it's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> But now you see how much better life is and you want to go back and you want to just say, dude or dudettes, like, come on. And they don't want to change. Which means when you go back into that situation or you go back and you talk to this person or to these people or, or whatever, you cannot go in there with the expectation of being that change agent. You can demonstrate, let's say, command of your emotionality, but typically how they start to see you is also going to add more fuel into the fire of your conversations. 
They don't know how to relate to you. They see that you're different. And what's actually happening is you're percolating their brain chemicals because you're different. Remember we talk about on our podcast all the time, like how your brain chemicals are set according to like your normal routine. Well, it's the same thing when you interact with people. When people know you, how you are, how you always have been, like their brain chemicals are set around that. But when you're different, all of a sudden, it percolates their brain chemicals and they don't know what to do with this. And so then what happens with them is the same thing that happens with you. Their brain chemicals are like, oh, this is way different. I've got to do something in order to restore my brain chemicals to the to the what they used to be when I hung around you, you on this podcast. And so then you'll see, you'll see them lash out at you. You'll see them bring up past events about you or around you, what you used to do. And it doesn't even mean that you have had that dark of a past. This could be you've made a career change. And you have long since made the career change and they, the only thing that they know about you is what you, what they knew of you. So they'll just continually bring up the old career and try to place you in those shoes. So it doesn't always have to be malicious or volatile. It's like the conversation has a lid because they don't know where you've grown to. They don't know this new version of you. But they don't even know that their brain chemicals are out of whack now because of the change that you have made, that they will just act how they've always acted before. And you're like, why, why can't this evolve? Why can't this grow? Because they don't have that training that you have. And if they are not themselves those growers or those builders or those change agents, who have that adaptation of their mind and have and, and operate in conversations where they ask more questions than they speak, you can be assured that if you try to explain yourself, you know, this is what I'm doing, this is what I'm learning, you know, this is, you know, something better, blah, 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 the, they will remain committed to misunderstanding you because their brain chemicals are trying to aggressively stabilize themselves. And they do that by, you know, basically just like being downward anchors to keep you there. Does that make sense? So I try to give you some of those visualizations so that you understand when you come into those emotional, emotionally charged situations that are chronically like that. They lose their power when you understand, number one, you are always in a position of power. By the mere fact of you're showing up there, you're owning whatever happens after that. You made the conscious, deliberate choice to show up there. Because again, we're talking about a chronic situation. We're not talking about something that just completely came out of left field. We're talking about every single time. This is like a pattern. This has happened through years, through decades, through generations. Does that make sense? Now, how you negotiate your way, what we call an acute phase, all right? A death in the family that occurs just like completely out of, like nobody had a clue, right? It's the person who 
you know, dies in bed. There was no symptoms beforehand like that, like that. Okay, something like that or a freak accident. You know, it like literally just like, all right, there was nothing leading up to it. There was no warning. It's high and heavy emotion like that. That's a different sort of situation, but you can practice for those situations by how you practice and train yourself on a day-to-day basis or on a, you know, work in the Christmas season on a seasonal to seasonal basis. What you practice every single day, it's like building you up for a championship game. Okay. So when you let's, let's put this this way. All right. When you are on a sports team, you don't just head into the championship. You first have to try out for the team. Okay. <laughs> and once you make the team, you have to work your ass off in practice, but then outside of practice. You've got to be studying your craft. You've got to be practicing, you know, maybe core strength, mobility, agility, strength. You have to be the extra. You can't just rely on whatever happens inside of practice to be the only thing that shapes and molds you. I mean, there's some athletes I know who are incredibly gifted, but when you look at the true great athletes, they all got to practice before the team ever even showed up and they stayed after the team even went away and they went out you know for whatever they went out to eat they went to go play video games or whatever it is that they were doing they put in the extra time look at michael phelps okay when you look at how much that dude how much he trained there's a reason why he has that many medals Right? And that's the same thing when it comes to commanding your emotionality and positioning yourself to keep a full energy tank. Not so that you can go busting through a situation like a bull in a china shop, but again, so that you can navigate every single situation from a place of peace and power. Because you cannot afford to have Again, this is a chronic situation. Every single family gathering, every single time you have a staff meeting, every time you go to, I don't know, some outing or something like that, it's the same thing all the time. You can't afford to have that negative, like the wind got knocked out of your sails that keeps you from pushing forward. You cannot be afford to be knocked out of the game for two weeks following, you know, that event or that conversation or that situation. It's ludicrous, right? So what I'm showing you and mapping out for you are some of those mental strategies and also those physical training strategies, but to give you that parallel that how you command yourself and how you you negotiate yourself is exactly how an athlete trains and negotiates their way from the time of tryout or even before tryout. Like how an athlete, you know, trains and negotiates their way through anything all the way up to the championship. Everything is a training ground. Failure in the training room is an expectation. Why you learn from it. 
or you grow stronger from it. If you're weight training and we train you to failure and then force you to push out five more reps, what happens? You destroy the muscle fibers, but then they go back into a state of repair and they come back bigger and stronger than they ever were before. So failure is an expectation. So that when you get in the game or when you get in the championship, whatever challenge you have there, this becomes a non-issue. This is nothing like what I did to get here. Do you see what I'm saying? And so now emotionally or mentally when you face a challenge, it's no different. It's the same exact strategy. You're always in your peace. You're always in your power and you're always able to anticipate and be as agile as any other athlete is on the field without having to explain it. I mean, how, look at, let's see, I'll give you another example. All right, so right now, this is 2018, and the Bears football, they're having a great season. And we've got a guy on the defense who just yesterday, yesterday was Thanksgiving, Bears were playing the Lions, and there was a phenomenal interception that happened from the defense. Our defensive player, he anticipated what was gonna happen, and he already started hauling ass in the direction before the ball was even thrown, and he intercepted and ran it back for a freaking touchdown. And I saw him in the post-game interviews, <laughs> like, how do you know? And to ask an athlete how they know how to anticipate is ludicrous because <laughs> that's what makes them so, those are the gifts, right? I'm sure there's lots of reads, anybody who has high levels of anticipation has high levels of intuition and reads so much stuff whether it's energy, whether it's body language, whether, you know, how the eyes are moving, how people take their breath, but that's a trained and learned skill. It started out as a rough nugget of, of material and now it's trained and now it's sharpened and eventually it's buffed out and it turns into like this sparkling gem that can't be duplicated. It's, it's a gift onto its own. That's diamond quality. So you can't exactly put into words, like, how do you, well, I, I, how could you not see it? That's pretty much the answer. Like, what you asking me, how do I know? How, how do you not know? Like, it's, it's obvious. You know what I'm saying? But that's exactly when you're training yourself character-wise, when you're bringing your emotionality up to that next level, and again, this has application to any area of your life. You could be moving through what could be like a heinous divorce and you've got kids involved and there's, you know, issues with money and, you know, one person is not being cooperative and they say one thing one day and then they turn around and they do something different another day and, and you can get stuck in that tailspin and that mental, like the mental martini shaker, right? <laughs> you can't afford to have those setbacks. You have to be anticipating that, okay, chronically, this person is unpredictable. Okay, which means you can't position yourself behind 
people who are unstable or unpredictable. You've got to place yourself in the driver's seat so that again, you will be negotiating your way and navigating your way from a place of peace and power and anticipation. Okay, and what I need to make a clear distinction of here is that you're not, I don't want you walking into a situation where you're like, well, this is just going to suck. This is going to be the same old, okay, that's not the, that's not the gravy train that we're taking over here. What I'm saying is you have accepted with full clarity that every time the family gets together, aunt, what did I say her name was? I say Aunt Marge, whoever I use, but Aunt Marge, you know, she's just like the drunken lush. Okay. And uncle, I say George, <laughs> uncle George, he's going to take his shirt off and sit on the couch and put his hands down his pants following turkey dinner. It's just like a mess. That's just the way that it's going to be. And you have the choice. Am I going in there or am I not going in there? Okay, fine. If I'm going in there, I'm not going to allow my feathers to be rustled. I cannot have a mismanaged expectation, but I'm also not going to feed into the negativity and just be like, this is the same shit we're going to deal with every single time. Okay. Your goal is to remain neutral. Okay. I want to be clear because I bring the element of God into our company and into our coaching that I firmly believe that with God, all things are possible. And once God has your heart, you can do, or people who have the worst past, like it's never too late to course correct. You can do a 180 degree spin around. However, <laughs> I'm, I, that's all I'm gonna say. Okay, because I believe that God speaks clear. And when you encounter that sort of 180 degree spin around, my, my default method of operation is I go straight to the big man himself and I, I never wanna be off shutting or dampening down people who are honestly looking to improve themselves on a strong and healthy track. And nor do I want you to do the same. But how are you going to navigate your way if you're in what up to this point has been a chronic situation that's always the same. And now instead of Uncle George taking his shirt off and sitting on the couch with his hands down his pants, he shows up in a tuxedo and he's shaven and he's groomed and he brushed his teeth. I mean, he's just like a completely changed man. What, you know, like what the hell's going on here? Okay. <laughs> right? What I'm saying is that then when you put it up to the big man upstairs, he grants you that wisdom and the slowing down of your pace so that then you can actually have a conversation with Uncle George and start asking key questions. Not to put him under the lens, not like, what are you doing? Like, like I just got to find out, you know, what the hell's wrong? Is he really real? No. Asking questions as a very emotionally mature person yourself. Right? You look really handsome. This is a really good look on you. And if he, honest to God, is doing a complete 180 with his life, He's going to be so overjoyed that somebody is not dogging him 
about what he's doing or this or that. He's going to be, he, people will note your, your genuineness. If you are really like, wow, what, look at this. This is a 180. One part of you is like your eyebrow wants to go up, but you're going to be able to sense when people are fronting and when people are honest to God on a different pathway. That's part of the process. But you're never going to be able to have that high level of intuition, of discernment, and of direction when you're operating from a place of anger or resentment or even skepticism. Everything is, you know, you bring life lessons with you. You bring your wisdom with you. But it's, it's all right, here's a new starting place. And it's from in an emotionally neutral place. Should you choose to take that avenue? Now, perhaps you have chosen, this is a no-go. All right, now how you choose to navigate yourself when you decided that a relationship is a no-go. This place is a no-go. Now let's talk about what you do with your energy field when you choose to remain at a job that you hate or the environment is pulling you down. Complainers all the time. There's caps on your potential, caps on your income probably. You're around the negative people all the time. You're in a customer service position and you have very, very needy clientele. You know, how do you maintain your energetic uh, tank, if you would, amidst that? Again, it's owning your position. I'm choosing to show up to work each and every day. It's like when you have... All right, we live in Chicago, all right? So it's it's getting darker really early and it's staying darker later in the morning time. That's that's what happens in the winter time. And there's times when what I notice and have noticed with myself personally, but now I notice with my coaching clients is that some are markedly affected by the lack of the sunshine. And so now they'll say things to me like aren't you affected by the darkness? And I, I say to them, I don't have time to pay attention to it <laughs> like, because you're focused. You're focused on a goal. So let's take that analogy and, and it can be the same thing if you if it's shitty weather. You know, I've got some of my clients, they, they commute you know, from the suburbs downtown. They're on a train, they're walking, they're standing at the bus stop. You know, I, they hate the what they hate this weather. How am I going to get through it? So we do what we do in the gym, but now we do champion mindset coaching on how to divert focus so that the weather becomes a non-issue. We actually utilize the weather as part of the training program to get to the next level of athletic conditioning <laughs> so that when vacation time comes in you know, the early springtime or, or whatever, like they're rocking with like a bikini body or like, like board short body. Like it, it becomes a non-issue. It be, it's the, the level of your focus, what you choose to focus on. Same thing when you're in a situation. So if you're choosing to stay at the job, which has capped potential in some way, or it's very draining, 
you have to keep yourself in that position of power. I choose to keep myself here. And I'm not going to be focusing on all of the junk around me. I'm here because I have another goal. I'm taking this money and I'm using it for something else, right? So it's a shift of focus. Now, while you're in those trenches, all right, here I'm gonna give you another tactic, another strategy on how you can maintain a full energy tank when you are surrounded by people who suck the life force out of you. I felt this way when I was a nurse. I'm I'm just laughing because I remember we would look at each other and we were just like, oh my God, my life force, people are sucking the life out of me. (laughs) And I wish I had known this earlier. But here's what I'm going to tell you, okay? So for every person, this is different. And you can, you know, look this up in in different literature and things like that. But one day, I literally, I Googled, what did I say? Something like my energy is draining. And then, you know how you get those auto fill-in fields? You know, when you click in a a few letters or a few words, like Google gives you what it anticipates what you're going to say. There was all these things about people suck the life out of me. I have no energy after talking to people. So I'm like, oh my gosh, it's not just me. So I click on it and um, there was this one, I can't remember who wrote it. What am I saying? This is one psychologist or, or person who was writing about imagining yourself inside of a bubble or a, no, a field of light. And when you're inside of this field of light, like, you know, you're safe and you're protected. And I tried that and I found that working in the emergency room, that was not a tangible, like, analogy. Remember I told you when I needed to operate from a position of power, like my visualizations have to be strong and powerful? That whole, like, soft element of light, it seriously did not hold up to the environment that I was in. I needed something. I needed something stronger. Okay, like if I'm in yoga class, then yeah, that's fine. But you know, in the day to day, when you have people sucking the life out of you, like I just no, there had to be something stronger. Okay, now I obviously have since long past, you know, left that chapter of the life and work in different places, and um, it can be hard. Again, when you're out in the public and you're operating from a very clear and open space and you, you know, your heart is open and and you are coming, you know, fresh out of prayer time or something and you're fresh face to the world. And then it's like you walk into the lion's den and it's just like people, it's almost like a lamb or a fawn in the middle of the field being surrounded by like a pack of wolves, hungry wolves who then just like try to come after you and they... I just noticed that when I enter an environment and I have that clean and open heart like that, and I know like my aura is bright, if there's a predator out there, they will come and they will just do something bad, (coughs) excuse me, to try to get a rise. And it only happens in certain places. So now before I walk in there, what I actually imagine, because <clears throat> I'm not using the white light ver- um, vision visualization, and I'm not wanting to put up a wall, okay? I want to be sure that I'm still a person and I'm approachable, okay? And I'm kind. I never want to cast off negative, bad energy. I don't put myself in those places anymore where I need a wall, 
okay? That's not the person that I want to be. That's not the heart which, with which I choose to lead myself. So I, I do not go to those places anymore. That's a topic for a different day. That, that was a harsh triaging and, and pruning that happened right there. But I don't, okay? Which then automatically puts me in more of a position to pow- of power because I'm not dealing with all of the junk anymore. It had to go. In order for yourself to elevate, you have to cut off that the stuff that doesn't bear fruit. Yes, I know that that's harsh. It is the reality. Okay, so you can go and, and chew on that and digest that on your own. We're going to keep on moving forward here after you have done the pruning. And again, when it comes to interpersonal relationships, I always recommend that you do so you stay tightly entwined with God and he will reveal to you the people who belong and the people who do not. He will either either remove them for you or he will make things so acutely clear there will be no sadness in your heart and there will be no course of regret. It will be clear and it will be clean and you will be at peace. I promise you. Okay. So now let's get back to like when you're out in these other environments that don't require you to put up a wall. This is what I envision. All right. I envision myself to be surrounded by a legion of angels. I use it now. Remember, I I have a part-time job. I work in retail. And for the most part, actually, our clientele, we're like this cute little gem of a place, like in the middle of 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 a community that really does have a strong faith backing. And there really are a lot of honest to God, just like genuinely good people who are non-inflammatory. They're very, very grounded. They're very, very kind of like they see things from the bird's eye and then they're able to come in and focus on the detail. So they have that emotional intelligence to, you know, move in and out of a situation. So from the get-go, being in this, in this workspace, you're already positioned to win. But now we're moving into the Christmas season where we attract individuals who are not our normal clientele. Plus they're tired, plus they're stressed out. Okay, so there's, they're dealing with their family dynamics. Okay, so you're going to hear me. Like the more you understand what's happening in other people's lives the less you're affected by their behavior. You don't need to be the one to correct their behavior. You don't need the one to be the one who shows them the light, if you would, and causes major breakthroughs with them. It depends on your position in that environment, right? So what I'm saying is when you go in with a very clean and open heart and you're dealing with a person who hasn't eaten breakfast or they have had nothing but pumpkin pie for the past 36 hours and their blood sugars are all over the place and they just had to deal with their in-law 
and the in-law is drunken aunt myrtle and then on their couch was uncle george who had his hands down his pants and right okay so this is the person that you're dealing with it was their family dynamic and now they're coming in and instead of them just being like oh my gosh it's so nice to be in here they're all up in there crazy because they also had a conversation with the ex and they had the mental martini shaker so this is when they're coming into the store okay okay does this make sense like you can see like you never know what's going on in other people's lives which is why you can have zero emotional investment in 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 theirs and why you cannot be donating your energy or allow it to be siphoned out of you because they're all up in their junk You stay in your power and you let them do what they're doing and you be the peace pole. Always draw people into your peace. Don't allow yourself to get sucked into their chaos, okay? So what you can do, this is what I started to do, is I did not want to have a wall up, okay? Because I'm a salesperson. I can't afford to have a wall up that makes me unapproachable and I don't close any sales, okay, right? By the same token, I can't deal with this person who just came out of dealing with Aunt Myrtle and Uncle George and and the crazy martini, like mental martini shaker, hypoglycemic, blood sugars all over the place from eating pumpkin pie and drinking wine. Like the, the aura of light is not going to help with that, okay? What do I need? I need a legion of angels. I'm telling you, you're laughing right now. It's literally that funny. You've got to find something that works for your position. Okay. And be very clear on the outcome that you seek. If you find that time and time again, by your showing up as a robot is not moving the situation, and you're not, you're you're still coming out of there feeling depleted, something has to change and you can't bank on the other people to be the ones to change. It's up to you. Again, by choosing your position, I'm either in the driver's seat or I'm in the rear facing seat, the very back of a wood paneled station wagon. Okay, I have zero input here. (laughs) Right? and owning that space and then making the decision, what is the outcome that I seek? Before you talk about numbers on a sales board or anything else, what is your goal? My goal is to come in there and come out of there with my energy tank in full reserves to be operating from a place of peace and power 100% of the time, period. That's my goal. When you get clear on that goal, it it makes an absolute change on how you negotiate yourself. All right, I'm gonna try this way. I'm gonna put up a wall. All right, well, I still feel like I got the life sucked out of me. Okay, that's not gonna work. And not only that, nobody talks to me. Okay, then it's not gonna work. Okay, fine. The white oral light? No, that's like a freaking bunny rabbit <laughs> in the middle of a jungle. Like that. That's not going to work either, okay? I need something else. I need something which is lively. I need like good, clear energy that still has a lot of love in it. Great, let's use a legion of angels, okay? And the great angels, like you've got playful angels. Like I imagine my legion of angels differently depending on the situation. You can do this. Whatever is going to assist you, 
okay? When I'm walking, you know, in scary places or I'm, I'm feeling that fear factor, I, honest to God, imagine St. Michael the Archangel is there with me. Now, he may look like John Travolta. Remember the movie that he did? Like, it could be. So that when I'm getting all serious, I just imagine John, you know, John Travolta, the, the archangel, is dancing. Okay? You know how he dances? Like, he grooves so much. Like I, So it lightens me up a little bit. A lot of it. So I don't have that resting bitch face all the time. Okay? <laughs> I'm just telling you, like, what I'm doing with myself. Okay? Because growth is continual. And what gets you to certain places is not going to allow you to grow and condition and develop into the next version of you or go to the next level. You've got to change and up your game, right? And so as the coach, it's not like I'm Yoda, all right? (laughs) So I, I still have to grow and evolve and develop myself too, Okay, I'm just showing you some of the places and some of the things that I've done that have really served me well and continue to serve myself and my clients well. And I hope that you're able to pull some things out of there, okay, so that you don't get stuck just like treading the water of you're trying to deal with the dysfunction of a family situation, a family dynamic or situation at work because you're very goal-oriented and you cannot afford to have your life force sucked out of you or your energy field depleted. Does that make sense? Now, maybe your legion of angels is different when you're around kids. Maybe they're cupids, right? Like more like chubby little cartoon, little face, little guys, but they're still angels nonetheless, which is going to give you that rejuvenation of energy and playfulness, which helps your kids then move through stressful times, okay? If they're going to the family party and they see drunken Aunt Marge or they see (laughs) Uncle George on the couch with, I mean, imagine what that's like for a kid. You can't have them thinking that that's normal, right? (laughs) So you... But you're responsible for grooming your children. But you have to have enough energy stores with inside of yourself to be able to course correct and to be able to remain in your power without having your life force depleted. Do you see what I'm saying? So you have these strong pillars that you are able to do mentally. And these are obviously done in combination with what you do physically by positioning yourself, by practicing your posture, by leveraging the power of your breath, by operating from a state of gratitude. That's one that we didn't talk about yet. And then also nutritionally. Ah, we can't get through a podcast without you talking about nutrition. No, you can't. Because I'm going to tell you straight up, like you cannot out perform your blood sugars okay if you're on the crazy train of you're you're drinking to get through the holidays or you're just eating scraps off the kids plates or you're skipping meals or whatever you will notice like your mood follows your food so anytime you're entering again these are chronic situations you've got to develop a plan and a a system that you put into place to position yourself to win from the get-go. Okay? 
Now remember, leadership is always externally focused, but you cannot position your team to win, your people to win, or course correct or change trajectories or anything if you're doing so from a weak space. You always have to self-discipline, self-govern first, and you show the way. What you do speaks louder than what you say. That's how your people, your tribe, the people that you're responsible for leading, that's how they come to know you and respect you because you are consistent. Consistent in thought, consistent in word, consistent in action. That's integrity. That's sewing up the seams right there. Nothing to hide. This is what we do. It's very black and white. It's like line items on a budget. This is what we do operating from a place of peace and power. Then when you come back and now you're teaching and coaching and training your people how to do the same, you're 100% in integrity. They already have been seeing you do it. They've been picking up the subconscious cues or the conscious cues. They know where their lines of solidarity are. They know who's on their team. They can see the difference between what's right and what's abnormal. Okay, so your team becomes automatic and it becomes strong there. But it always starts with you. And that includes nutrition. That includes how you're sleeping. That includes your workout. That includes how you budget and manage your money and make the money work for you. I mean, it's every single dimension. That includes your prayer life. All of it is wrapped up into one thing like you cannot just separate out different parts of your life it all affects you and your life is in your relationships you're either going to facilitate those relationships to growing and blossoming or you're going to be the anchor or just that piece of driftwood that's not able to gain any traction it just kind of like floats in the sea because the life force has been drained out of it it's not anchored or tethered to anything that's strong and powerful anymore okay so that's why it's important for you to own your space does that make sense was that helpful Bueller, Bueller. <laughs> well, that's all I got for you today, my friends. So wherever you are in the world, if you're listening during this time of year, I hope you had a very happy Thanksgiving. Have a very, very safe weekend. Thank you for joining us. If there's anything that we can do for you, your agency, or you're in you know, demand, you're, you're at the point where you're ready for some coaching, please, please, please contact me, contact my team. We're at transformationgold.org. Just complete that contact us form, and then either myself or somebody from my team will contact you within 24 hours. Let's make it a great day. Thank you again. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.